Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. All righty, well, welcome to Liquid Church, everyone, and the final installment of the Love Doctor series, okay? My name is Tom. I'm one of the pastors here, and before we actually kind of dive in, can we give a big shout out to everyone in New Brunswick, Nutley, Church Online, those listening on the radio? So good to be here together, okay? Now, I got to be honest, right? I want to be just kind of start out here, just be real open and honest. I am so excited for today because not only do we have church today, okay? Not only do we have all these services, but after all the services are done today, I get to go down to Weehawken, all right? I get to go to Weehawken to perform my 25th wedding, okay? That's a lot of chicken dinners I've had, all right? Praise the Lord. But you know something? I have learned something over the years after doing all these weddings, over 20 of them, right? This is my 25th. After doing this, I've learned a thing or two. Uh, One of them is this. You never want to forget this. Uh, There's really only three things that a bride can completely focus on on the day of her wedding. Only three. There's, There's a lot going on in your mind, but only three. The first one is the aisle. This is where this beautiful woman makes her entrance. She's a single lady. It's also where she makes her exit as a married woman. If you take a look at that picture there, yes, that is actually me 13 years ago with my wife, Erica, walking down the aisle. No, 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 it's okay. You don't have to clap, all right? But here's the deal, all right? That's the aisle. That's one of the things that she must remember. The second is this, the altar. Mm, This is very special. Uh, This is where she stands before God and all of her beloved guests, all her friends, all her family, the altar. That's where the sacrifices take place. This is where the presence of God is, okay? The altar. There's the aisle. There's the altar. And the third thing is this. It's him, okay? The groom, all right? The man to whom she is about to give her entire life to, this lucky guy, look at that handsome devil, okay? That is me. That, that man is somewhere inside of here, okay? It's amazing. It's amazing. I know. It's hard to believe that's not my cousin, okay? Again, once again, it's the aisle, the altar, and him. Those are the only three, three things that a woman can remember. The aisle, the altar, and him. Those are the only three things, the aisle, the altar, and him. And somehow, somehow, from that moment on, this becomes the bride's life mission. I'll alter him. I'll alter him. I'll alter him. Okay, ah, yeah, some of you need to wake up. Yeah, okay, all right. (laughs) Some of you have been to a couple weddings I've done. (laughs) You heard that joke. But anyways, marriage is a tremendous blessing, isn't it? I mean, it really, really is. You know, I got to say, my wife, Erica, she's not just my wife of 13 years. She's not just the mother of our three precious kids. She's also, honestly, she's also my very best 
friend. And although our relationship is far from perfect, okay, I'll be the first one to tell you that, the one big idea I've been hoping and praying all week that everyone here walks out with is this, to make love last, be friends first, To make love last, be friends first. And now here is exactly what I mean. You see, our society today, we we like to reverse engineer relationships. Here's what I'm talking about. We first set out to make love. We first pursue physical intimacy. Then, then and only then, maybe we start thinking about a lifelong compatibility, a lifelong friendship. But the Bible says, the Bible says it's actually the other way around. In fact, did you know that the Bible has a romance section? It's called the book of Song of Songs. And and there's this extended meditation on love, on marital bliss, on courtship. And in Song of Songs, chapter 5, verse 16, check out what it says there. It says, the wife of her husband says this, the wife of her husband, this is my lover, this is my, what's the word? Friend. Friend. In other words, friendship is the foundation of any love that lasts. In fact, it comes before, not after, but before all the physical stuff, and for good reason, too, because once the physical stuff starts waning, okay, once it starts, the physical attraction starts to fade, and it will, you're going to need something more substantive, what the Bible calls friendship, okay? You're going to need that friendship to keep love alive, and that's why to make love last, you must be friends First, So today, here's what I want to do. I want to see how friendship is foundational to any long-lasting love romance. And there are actually three types of friendships that you want to keep in mind, if those of you that are taking notes here. The first one is what I call face-to-face, face-to-face. This is the highest level of intimacy, intimacy possible. This is true intimacy. Think of it like this, into me see. See my heart, see my fears, see my dreams, see my hopes. Quick quick, quick, quick game here. Uh, let's do this. Which do you think, which gender do you think prefers this face-to-face relationship more? Is it the men or is it the women? Which is it? Women, exactly, okay? That women, for whatever reason, they adore this sort of face-to-face relationship. Have you ever walked in, for instance, Starbucks? What do you see when you walk into Starbucks? You see all these women, okay? They're sitting on these tiny stools. I can't even do this right. Tiny, <laughs> tiny stools, okay? And they're talking with one another face to face, okay? And, and it's a whole lot of this, and a whole lot of this, and a whole lot of this. Face to face conversations. Women love this. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that. That's outrageous. Men don't do this, right? Uh, I mean, have you ever seen two construction guys? Walk into a Starbucks. They don't go to Starbucks. They go to 7-Eleven, first of all. Okay? I mean, it would be outrageous. Can you imagine two, like, construction dudes, right? Like, in dirty jeans, work boots, you know. Hey, Bob, you think, uh, you think we can lay down the foundation today? How you feeling? 
Oh, well, I don't know, man. Uh, Johnny, it's like, uh, it's so overcast. I'm feeling kind of blue myself. You, you don't see that. It absolutely doesn't happen. Yet face-to-face relationship is one of the highest forms of intimacy. In fact, in the Old Testament, we see this one scene with Moses and God, and it says this, the Lord would speak to Moses face-to-face as one speaks to a, what's the word there? Friend, exactly, okay? See, you cannot knock the face-to-face relationship. Yeah, maybe it's not natural for you. Maybe you're a guy. Maybe it's more, more uh, natural for women to do, but that's okay. You know, you, you can't knock it. A- after all, men, I-, I need you to think of it this way, okay? There was probably a day, wasn't there, where face-to-face relating with, with, your, with your woman, I bet you there was a day where it came so natural. Just think back to your dating days, the, those first days, right? I mean, I know that is so true for me. You know, I, I shared with you that we've been married now for 13 years, Eric and I, and I still, I am not kidding you, I still remember to this day our first year of dating. I remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, we were both so young. Oh, my goodness. We were so young and so poor, you know, just these still poor, uh, two poor students at Columbia University in the heart of Manhattan, right? And I, I don't remember a single class, okay? I don't remember a single professor. I don't remember a single exam or paper. You know why? Because we would just spend hours and hours and hours at Cafe Lalo, Cafe Mozart, the Poets Walk in Central Park, or the Barnes & Noble on 66th and Broadway that overlooks Lincoln Center. Just hours and hours and hours talking face to face. You know, I don't even know what we're talking about because it couldn't have been about school, right? It's just amazing. But you know what? It didn't matter. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Why? Because we were face to face with one another, really starting to learn who this other person was. We were falling in love with each other in those very moments face-to-face moments. See, if you really want a love that's going to last, you got to be friends first, and it starts face-to-face. Now, the second kind of friendship is this. It's in your notes there, shoulder-to-shoulder. This is the one that says, hey, we are teammates. We're going to tackle this thing together. We're going to get the job done. We are in the trenches. I got your back. You got mine. Now, let's play that game again. Who do you think this resonates more with? Is it the women or is it the men? Men, exactly. This is how men relate. Shoulder to shoulder, right next to each other. Whether it's playing football or watching football on a couch, okay? It's always shoulder to shoulder. This is how men build relationships. In fact, there's only one rule to shoulder to shoulder relationship, and it's actually this. It's the opposite of face-to-face, and that one rule is this. There's no looking at each other directly, especially in the bathroom. Never, that cannot happen, okay? Just focus on the task. Whether we're trying to fix a car, whether we're trying to dig a hole, it doesn't matter. Men build rapport through actually doing something, projects, working side by side. And ladies, 
you know, it's not a foreign concept for you because I'm, I imagine that there are some of you ladies in here, you actually did that at first with your man. Like, remember the time that you actually bought a Yankee jersey and went to the game with him, right? You haven't put it on since, but you did that back then. You were trying to relate shoulder to shoulder. As a matter of fact, I remember, you know, years ago, this is before we had kids, I remember one morning, Erica woke me up. It was was like so early. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and it was actually my birthday. So I was thinking one thing, but no, it was something totally different, okay? She wakes me up. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. Hey, we're married, okay? At 4 o'clock in the morning, all right? And she's like, get up, get up, get up. We got to go. We got to go. I was like, what is happening right now? And what happened is she had actually prepared a thermos full of piping hot coffee. She had an everything bagel toasted with lox, cream cheese, capers, the whole thing. It was one of my favorite breakfast, right? And we start driving. Actually, she was driving. We start driving. She's, she's driving over three hours to the Adirondack Mountains, to the base of it in Lake George, New York, to the largest biker rally in the nation, okay? Can you imagine 50,000 bikers, okay? And me and Erica, I think we were the only Asians there. But anyways... <laughs> See, you got to understand, okay? You have to understand, I was sort of going through this sort of, at that moment, I was going through this sort of repressed, depressed, Asian-American, overachieving, full-time ministry, just burnout, okay? And so I did what any man would do in that situation. I got my motorcycle license and I bought a Harley, okay? (laughs) But you know something? Erica was such a great friend. She was... She was the best friend you could possibly imagine. She didn't judge. She didn't lecture me, nothing like that. I mean, I truly felt like we were in the trenches together, side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think my wife just loves motorcycles? No, of course not. But she loves me. She loves me. And this was her way of deliberately choosing, you know what? I'm going to stand shoulder to shoulder with this guy and about 50,000 other bikers, okay? But you know what? We had the best time. We had the best time. We're like zipping through mountains, going through straightaways, checking out all these bikes. We got to demo all these things. It was absolutely amazing. And you know something? Five months later, we had our first kid. (laughs) I sold the bike. And I bought a sedan, (laughs) the same one I still have today, okay? (laughs) True story. But you know, it makes sense because once couples get married, there's this interesting thing that happens, okay? Once you get married and you start having a few kids, you start spending a lot more time shoulder to shoulder than face to face, but it's always just to get the job done. You know what I'm saying? It's because it's all about now, all of a sudden it's about a to-do list or a bunch of tasks that you have to do. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Tell me if you have these kind of conversations in your home, okay? It's like someone starts out, you know, I'll drop off the kids. You pick them up and take them to soccer. Uh, You make dinner. I'll do the dishes. I'll pay the bills. You put the kids to sleep, okay? Divide and conquer. It's natural. It's a method of survival. Division of labor and active partnership is essential to run any family well, but it can also be a trap. See, because earlier I shared with you how Eric and I, we've been married now 13 years, but I'll have you know that last month, 
we went away on a little trip to celebrate our 10th anniversary. Now, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 what? You're thinking like, okay, wait a minute. You've been married for 13 years. Why were you celebrating your 10th anniversary last month? Because we have three kids. Okay, so don't be judging me, all right? Those of you with kids, say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Amen, all right? Into me, see, please. Ain't nobody got time for that, all right? Which leads us to our final form of relationship. And this is actually one I do not recommend. No, 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 no. I do not recommend this to anyone, but it happens. I'm talking about back to back. Okay, see, this is where all friendships go to die, okay? At best, your frenemies constantly annoying one another. At worst, you are mortal enemies, can't stand each other. Instead of tenderness, there's only tolerance, an unspoken truce, and usually for the sake of the kids, and it comes with this constant, low-grade, continual tension that leaves a funk inside of the home. And, you know, it's the loveless marriage that always lacks intimacy. Not just emotional, but I'm talking physical as well. Here's a disturbing trend. I don't know if you've heard this, but the New York Times recently reported that over 15% of married couples have not had sex in the last 6 to 12 months. That is astounding. In his book, Real Marriage, author and pastor Mark Driscoll writes this, we have spoken to Christian couples who have not had sex for as many as 20 years. This includes pastors, so I'm not off the hook, right? This includes pastors and their spouses because sadly, in Christianity, there are consequences for going too far, adultery, but none for not going far enough, abstaining. See, somewhere, somehow along the way, it just became easy to fall out of love. And so now you are no longer friends. No friend, no benefits. So if you've lost that love and feeling, maybe you've sort of fallen out, you know, you've had a falling out with your spouse, and you're falling out of love with your ultimate best friend. How do you get back to basics? How do you fix this thing? How do you have a love that lasts? The Bible actually gives us an answer. In fact, there's a verse in the very last book of the Bible, Revelation. It's actually incredibly helpful. Would you turn there with me in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2, verse, verse 2. It's found on page 862 in your Bible. This is the last book of the Bible. And you see here, Jesus is speaking to the church in Ephesus. And remember, we are the bride of Christ, okay? We're the church. And Jesus says to his bride, Jesus says to his church, he says this, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. In other words... The church in Ephesus was a good church. She was a faithful wife. They worked hard at their relationship with Christ the groom. They persevered even when it was challenging. They never said quit. They never gave up. And Jesus absolutely loves that. He loves it. He adores it. But he offers this one piercing critique. Look at verse 4 there. He says this, yet I hold this against you. 
You have forsaken your first love. Repent and do the things you did at first. And you know what, folks? This is absolutely amazing. Because you see, Jesus looks face to face, right? He does the face to face. He looks at his bride and he loves her. There's nothing but love there. She has been a faithful friend, but somewhere, somehow, through the course of their journey, she forgot what the relationship was built on. So what's Jesus' advice? What does the divine love doctor, what does he prescribe? An amazingly simple and powerful prescription. Repent and do the things you did at first. In other words, repent or think again. You need to do a 180. The direction that you were headed, it is completely wrong. You need to turn about and go the other way. Which way? Actually, it's a way that you already know. You're familiar with this way. Do the things you did at first. Think of it this way, folks. What did you do at first when you were friends? Before the kids came along, but before you became intimate lovers, what did you do at first? Oh, yeah, you know, we used to stay up all night just talking and talking. I, I would, like, fall asleep on the phone, you know. It was, it was great. I was just so into her. I, it was just, I, we, had, we couldn't separate from each other. Now, she texts me at work. I'm like, uh, whatever, right? Remember, it's all about the intimacy. Into me, see. Husbands, this means we need to go back and carve out more face-to-face time, just like you did at first, okay? You need to look deep into her heart, deep into her eyes, and you need to hear her heart, hear what she's saying or what she's not saying. Wives, maybe this means that you need to create more positive shoulder-to-shoulder, not just task-oriented, but positive shoulder-to-shoulder experiences. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe get them tickets to the next game. Maybe take them to a bike rally. Take them antiquing. No, 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 no. Actually, don't take them antiquing. No, strike that. That's not from God. Uh, take them somewhere that he likes, okay? Whatever it is, okay, do the things you did at first. Because you know something? I want to share this with you. When we got back from our little trip last month, a whole bunch of friends of ours were asking us, oh, you know, so what'd you do? How awesome was it? Where'd you go? You know, what, what did you see? And yeah, yeah, of course, of course, you know, taking in all the sights and sounds and all the tastes, that was all amazing. It was incredible. We had a time of our lives. But honestly, honestly, my favorite part of the whole trip was watching my wife of 13 years, the mother of my three girls, come alive. She just absolutely came alive because for a few days, she didn't have to worry about the kids. She didn't have to worry about doing the laundry. She didn't have to worry about, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? Instead, she had time to re-engage an old hobby of hers, which is actually photography. And she just got to, to just to walk around and, and take pictures all over the place. And we walked and we talked and we walked and we talked. Could have saved a lot of money if we just did it here. But we walked and we talked. <laughs> all this stuff, you know, and we, we did all that stuff just like we did back in the days when we first met. It, it, it's like we were these two young kids again, just falling 
in love with each other. It was awesome. So friends, do the things you did at first. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So here's what I want to do. I want to actually invite a very special liquid couple up here to show us what this actually looks like on a day-to-day level. So Liquid Church, would you help me welcome Bob and Dana Rosano? Come on up here, Bob and Dana. Come on up. As they come on up here, I want to share with you, Bob and Dana, they are the marriage mentors. They actually lead the whole marriage mentoring ministry right here at Liquid Church. And I got to say, I've not said this to you guys before, but I got to say, I think our marriage mentoring ministry is one of the best on the East Coast, okay? So don't, I'm not trying to puff you up or anything. I I honestly do, okay? So I want to ask these two folks some questions here, You you guys look, you're not nervous, right? (laughs) Not at all. Not at all, okay? So so Bob and Dana, how long have you guys been married? Uh, We've been married 27 years. 27 years! Praise the Lord. You're too young to be married 27 years. That is amazing. And uh, how did you guys meet? Yours. Mine? Yours. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, boy. Um, 30 years ago this weekend, we met Ooh. at a bar in Brooklyn. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, a bar in a Brooklyn. A bar in yes. Brooklyn. These are our marriage mentors. Welcome to Liquid Church, everybody. <laughs> okay, you met at a bar in Brooklyn. Okay, that, that's amazing. How many kids you guys got? Um, we have Five kids. Five kids. So we, we come from a blended family. Okay. Uh, we're both married once before. And All divorced. right. So our oldest is Dana's son, John, who's now my son, John. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and then we have three biological children, James, okay. Matthew, and Christina. Okay. And then 12 years ago, the highlight of our life is we adopted a little girl and our wow. daughter, Gianna. So you guys house. love Jesus. That's amazing. That is amazing. Okay. Now, Dana, I, I want to ask you first, okay? We're talking about first thing, do the things you did at first. What are some of the first things that Bob did that made you think, mm, I got to marry that man? Just give us an example. All right. Well, uh, this might be a little strange, but <laughs> our very first date, he uh-huh. told me he was going to pick me up at 8 o'clock. Okay. And at 8 o'clock, that Camaro came around the corner. A Camaro! <laughs> Praise the Lord! <laughs> and that... that was amazing to me that he was on time. Uh, that meant a lot to me, and he didn't even know that. Nice. And from there, just getting to know him, the stability, um, smart, just um, just an amazing guy. Right. Awesome, awesome. He came in his Camaro. Yep. Christian Camaro. Okay. Absolutely. All right. And Bob, how about you? What was, what was something that Dana did at first that made you say, you know what? I've got to spend the rest of my life with that woman. She dressed, and she looks really hot. Wow. <laughs> Okay, praise the Lord. So I say that half, but half funny, but mostly true. Okay, that, that attraction awesome. needs to be there. Awesome, absolutely. But Dana's a very um, in the moment, spontaneous person. Okay, and I'm not. I'm a planner and okay. analyst. Right, right, so right. Yeah. I like that part of her that we can just just do it. Just awesome. go ahead and do stuff. Awesome, so good. Well, you guys lead the marriage mentoring ministry here at Liquid Church. Tell us exactly what that is. How how does the marriage mentoring work here? So we have many folks who want to get married. They're mm-hmm. engaged to be married. Mm-hmm. Some have been married before into second marriage. We also have couples who are in crisis who need mentoring. Right. Uh, they're in the marriage. Right. So um, what we do is we interview those folks, mm. and then we uh, match them up with marriage mentors, uh, folks with oh, okay. some experience, put them together with someone who has, their, has similar experiences. Right. 
And uh, now these are couples that have been married for a while now. That's right. Getting together with this couple that's about to be married. Absolutely. Gotcha. gotcha. And then they get to do life together. It's it's a very intimate. Uh, it's a wonderful experience both for the the people getting married and for us as mentors. Awesome. Well, you know what? I know that your ministry has had an impact on so many families, couples, young and old. It has just been absolutely amazing. As a matter of fact, I want you guys to check out this one couple. They are Bobby and Stephanie Parati. Many of you have actually seen them. They serve in Liquid Kids all the time, okay? And they were a part of the marriage mentoring process. They had these awesome marriage mentors. Uh, They're Susan and Stephen Yared. And I want you to check out their story. A lot of people nowadays, especially in this area, tend to focus a lot of their mental energy in the engagement period mm. on preparing for the, the wedding, wedding and not necessarily preparing for a marriage. And that's and one thing that we were very intentional about. You know, we, it, the wedding is exciting and fun and important, but uh, we cared more about the, you know, the rest of our lives instead of just one day. And um, mentoring really mentoring facilitated helped. that. Yeah. yeah, marriage mentoring was uh, an important part of that because you knew that every couple of weeks over the course of that six or eight month period or however long you're engaged, mm-hmm. you're going to be getting together with this couple who's going to be checking in with you and looking with you at a heart level of how are you preparing to become a couple mm-hmm. and not just a couple but a family. And how are you preparing to make one decision together? Are you doing that preparing? And if you are, well, then this will, I mean, the marriage mentoring process will help make that easier. And if you aren't, then it will kickstart that. You know, when the wedding day comes and the honeymoon comes and you get home, you feel like you're at least a little bit prepared for, you know, everything that's going to change in your lives after. And it, it was really fun and relaxed for us. We, we did dinner together. We helped them around the house. And then we just sat and, uh, you know, talked through some stuff. So it's... It's not intimidating. And I think Liquid did a pretty good job matching, matching us up, yeah. too. We had a lot of the same interests, and uh, we just really connected well with our marriage mentors. Now that we got that experience from them and we were able to learn from them, we actually are having a better experience now because of it. It's great because Steve and Susan have had, they've kept up this relationship with all the couples they've mentored. Mm-hmm. And we now have this, we have this almost like little occasional life group or this little occasional community. So we where, get together maybe twice a year or so. Yeah, twice um, a year. And everybody brings appetizers and desserts and uh, something to drink. And we just all hang out and catch up and play games. And it's, uh, it's really, it's really great. So if you're engaged, you need to go through marriage mentoring. You need to experience it because all the experiences that you do have, you don't have any experience being married. And you need a couple to walk you through that. Now, at least at least for me, the first year of being married was just trying not to screw up. And I, as much as I did, I'm sure I would have done a lot worse without having Steve and Susan in our lives. Amen. Hey, can we give the Parades as well as their mentor, the Yarrods, a big hand? That is awesome. That's what you guys are talking about, right? That, that's exactly what you're talking about, that mentoring relationship. Well, let me, let me ask you this before I let you guys go here. You're not off the hook just yet, okay? Um, what are some of the actual issues uh, that you tackle in marriage mentoring? Um, we, we tackle the big ones. Well, first we talk about spiritual stuff to see where the couples are in their relationship right. to Jesus Christ. Okay. And then we tackle the big three that cause divorce, mostly in this country. Hmm. One is, is money, finance. Um, yeah. Okay. Two people coming from different perspectives. Sure. Number two is my favorite. We talk about sex. Okay. Mr. Camaro over Absolutely. here. Okay. 
Let's move along. And then, <laughs> and then third, we talk about families because we do come from um, uh, blended marriages and there gotcha. may be exes and there's, there's gotcha. parents and there's siblings. So it's Money, sex, and family. The easy stuff. The easy stuff, yes. <laughs> right, right. Awesome, awesome. Well, let, let me ask you this. Uh, it sounds like a great thing, um, but is it available just here in Morristown? Is it available at other campuses? What's the deal? It's available at all campuses. Awesome. And the, um, we have mentors here in Motown, and that's um, Alan and Esther Getz. Oh, uh, the Getz family. Yes. Awesome. Uh-huh. Um, in Nutley, it's David and Elizabeth Chang. Okay. In New Brunswick, Bob and I. All right. And in Mountainside, it's um, Al and Liz Spiridigliosi. Is that a Korean name? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Right. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, it sounds like we have them, uh, all these campuses, some great mentors there. There are other mentors involved as absolutely. well behind the scenes. Awesome, good stuff. And they, they got something yep. in their... In, program there, in right? your program, if you want some more information, you have that available to you. Awesome. One last question. We, we've spoken to those that need to sign up to get mentored. I'm imagining that in a crowd this size, there's probably a couple couples out there that maybe have a heart to volunteer. They actually want to serve as a mentor. Now, does their marriage have to be as perfect as yours? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they have to. Be, your marriage needs to be like ours, which means it's got some dings along the way. Right, it's right, got yeah. challenges. Sure. So what we're just looking for are couples who want to be honest mm. and just do life with young folks and sort of pass on some of their experiences. It's just an open, honest dialogue, and you wind up with friends for life. Amen. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about that video is you saw how the Parades who were getting mentored – be, actually became friends with their mentors, the Yards, and now they like hang out together. I mean, it's not like all the time or anything, but they actually get together. That was a neat little yeah. process there. Yeah, typically um, in the ministry, uh, we have a three-month check-in, mm. and it becomes so natural because I know with the, the kids that we've mentored, um, it's more like weekly. Right. I really do talk to them weekly. So good. So, so good. You, you always have a couple in your corner for the rest of your life. Awesome. With the marriage mentoring awesome. Wait, well, can we thank Bob and Dana? Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. That was really helpful. Good stuff. Okay, as they find their seats, here's the thing. Here's what I want to do. I want us to read Revelation chapter 2, 4, and 5 one more time together. Can we do this, okay? This is Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. It says, yet I hold this against you. Let's read this together. You have forsaken your first love. Repent and do the things you did at first. Guys, let me ask you a question, okay? Let me ask you a question. I, I, I've been up here. I've been sharing a little bit about my story with my wife, Erica. You, you heard from Bob and Dana. You heard from, uh, you know, the, the Parades. We've all taken this, this stroll down memory lane. And I imagine as you were sitting there in your seat that you were kind of thinking that of your life as well. So, so let me ask you, what are some of the things you did at first? I mean, maybe life has somehow pickpocketed your, you, 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 it's pickpocketed your emotions. It's pickpocketed your relationship somehow. And you don't even know how you got where you are today. But, but do you remember those three relationships we talked about? Maybe you were, maybe you were once face to face. Uh, with your spouse, with your relationship, with, with your partner there. And you were constant. There was this intimacy going on. But, but now that, that's gone. You don't even recognize those two people anymore. Or maybe you once enjoyed this, this shoulder-to-shoulder camaraderie, right? This aspect of shared experiences. But now it's just like the reality of life, it, it is just too hard. It's all about just boring to-do lists just to get by. Or maybe, maybe today you actually walked in. Maybe you walked in, but your spouse didn't because 
you're like completely back to back. And you're thinking, it's even hard for you to come to relationship series. It took every ounce of strength in you to even come today because you're like, ah, I'm just reminded of how hopeless I am. There's just no hope. But when you know something, I'm going to give you guys what I'm calling the Revelation 2-5 challenge this week. What is it? The Revelation 2-5 challenge. Will you take Jesus' words seriously? What does Jesus say to his bride? Repent and do the things. He's talking about all these things. I'm just asking for one. I'm just going to ask you to do one thing. Repent and do one thing you did at first. What is that one thing that you could do this week? Revelation 2-5 challenge. What is that one thing you could do tomorrow? What is that one thing that you could do today that you used to do back when you were friends? Guys, maybe it's writing her a love letter. I was talking to a husband this past week who was sharing with me how he used to just write all the, had like a long distance relationship, right? He used to write all these love letters and poems and and he knows for a fact that she still has them all. This was before the days of email, okay? She wrote all this stuff and she just treasures that. But now it's, it's been so many years, he's like, there's no way I could write her a love letter. She'd have a heart attack. She'd think I was dying, right? Guys, do it anyway. Do it. Write that letter. It's okay. Just do it. What's that one thing, that one thing that you could do this? It doesn't have to be like this big thing. You don't have to buy a Camaro, okay? It doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to go to a bike rally. In fact, it's the little things, the little steps that build relationships that last. Remember, to make love last, be friends first. So folks, what's that one thing? Can you think of it? Do you have it in your mind? Are you kind of like, oh, I don't know if I can go there? Do it. Do it. Amen? Let's go to the Lord and let's, let's offer that as a prayer and help him, ask him to put our faith into action right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I I know that I'm speaking to a bunch of people here. We're on all ends of the spectrum. Maybe some of us are single and just like, oh, God, how does this even apply? I pray that you would burn this message inside of their hearts and teach them ways to follow you, that you must be their first love. And whoever you decide to sovereignly bring across their path, help them to honor, help them to respect, help them to love even as they love you. Lord, I pray for all the married couples in here, the second-time marriages, the people on the brink of divorce, all ends of the spectrum, Lord. Would you help, first and foremost, the love of Jesus Christ to be first in our hearts? Because that's the only way that you're going to show us how we can love and respect other people, how we can love and respect the spouse that you have in our lives right now. Help us to go back to the things that we did at first. Help us to do it for your honor and for our benefit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.